Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. All right. It's great to see everybody. We're glad you're here. Glad to be together. We are, uh, are going to be having some uh, mama's pizza after this. So anybody that wants to stay around and, and eat some health food with us, we're going to be going for it, right? But, uh, you know, I mean, why not? You know, it's a great time to have some fellowship and to get to connect maybe in ways that we just haven't been able to connect so much over this past year. I'm so thankful to see all of you guys. I want to thank Sandy. Hennup, our Unbound Director for preaching two weeks ago on God's Heart for Justice, did a great job also staying in the flow of Mark, the gospel that we're going through right now. Also want to thank Micah Scharsberg for bringing the word last week, brought it, awesome. And so we are continuing on today, and I'm going to read in just a minute from Mark chapter 2, verses 13 to 22, that's where we're going to be at. But I want to give just a little bit of context for how we got to this particular series. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, we felt like the Lord said, planted in the house of the Lord. That was a word, a phrase that, that, that the Lord had for us. And so we had a series on that. And then we also had this other word from John 20, 21, which is, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you, receive the Holy Spirit. So it's a the, the idea that we're sent in the way of Jesus, that we're called to go in the way of Jesus. And so that's, part of how we got to uh, the gospel of Mark, just looking at, hey, let's look at Jesus. Let's just go through this gospel. Let's look at this thing. And so some of you guys may know that we're uh, doing this in tandem with Jim Reynolds, who's a dear brother connected to the church here. And uh, he's got a, a podcast called The Politics of Jesus. So if you want to go a little deeper than what we can do in 30 minutes on a Sunday morning, you can also listen to Jim. And we're giving we're having conversation every week with our sermon planning team and myself. And uh, this past week, I was talking to him about authority. And just I, I thought, you know, this is the this is what we need to focus on today, because Micah touched on it last week. But it's not just in that passage. It's it's in that passage. It's in the passage this week. It's in the one that we're not even going to be able to get to on the Sabbath. It's it's all about the Lord's authority. And the reason that's so important is because God, before the fall, wanted us to walk in his authority on the earth. Right. And that's like a big deal that he's given us life, that he's given us dominion. He wants us to express His good reign and rule on the earth. He wants us walking in His life. He wants us being image bearers. He wants us multiplying that life on the earth. Now, what happened was in the fall, we gave up so much. It was in all in a desire to be like God, to make the choices and the calls ourselves. But one of the things we gave up was God's authority getting expressed through us. And so we chose to hold on to that authority ourselves. And in doing that, man, so much stuff has been just havoc wreaked on the earth. Loss, destruction, sin, brokenness, all of that. And so Jesus comes, part of his coming is to reclaim God's authority working through men and women on the earth. 
And at the end, after his resurrection, he's going to say, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now you go and teach others in the way of my training for you, my teaching for you to do it and to obey it. So it's challenging. And it's a lot of us saying, Lord, not my will, but yours be done in and through me. So let's just read through this passage together. I want to read that key verse that Micah read last week, because I'm going to make a couple points about that even in my own passage as well. Verse 10, he's talking to the guy who he's about to heal, and he says, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Authority on earth. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. And the guy did. Down to verse 13. This is our passage for the day. Once again, Jesus went out. I tell you what, hey, if you're where you can, let's stand up to honor the reading of God's word. When I finish, I'm going to say, this is the word of God. And you say, thanks be to God. Just like that. Amen. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. And as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he said. Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? And Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot so long as he is with them. They have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. And on that day, they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. And this is the word of God. And we say, Amen. Have a seat. Okay, so what I'm trying to say today here in this little bit of time is that God wants us to see and express His authority in our spheres of influence. So He wants us to see it, wants to see the authority, us to see the authority of Jesus, but He then wants us to express that on the campus, in our lives, medical, education, politics, all the different ways we could have influence in life, God wants to express His authority, His will on the earth in and through us. And that's going to mean following Him, relating to Jesus, responding to Him. And each one of these stories expresses something about the authority of Jesus and what that means for us. So let's look at that. The first one then is from verse 10 in Micah's passage last week so that you'll know that the, that the Son of Man has authority on earth. I want to talk about authority to forgive sins. And he, Micah preached this last week, but I just want to emphasize it again because Jesus reveals the heart of God. 
He shows us what the heart of God is. God's heart is to forgive sins. Now, God doesn't have to be conditioned into forgiving sins. Like He wants to forgive you. He doesn't have to be talked into it. Like this is Jesus before the cross saying, I forgive you. I'm representing God right here, right now, in the flesh. And, and that blows our minds sometimes because we, it, we are so conditioned to think, I need to do something to, to please God. I need to do something to sacrifice to Him. I mean, people, cultures all over the world have been doing it for forever. But Jesus is the once for all sacrifice that ends ritual sacrifice on our part. Uh, this is the gospel, by the way. This is good news. Massive good news. He is expressing the will of God. It is to forgive. It's like the story of the prodigal son. This guy, this kid comes running back, comes back to his father, humble, broken, a sinner. And the father represents God, who's running to his son, running to meet him, hugging him, throwing a party. And so often it's easy, maybe it's easy to see yourself in the prodigal son, but it's easy to see yourself also in the older brother who's ticked off. I've been doing it. I've been working. I've been doing it right. You know, and that's so uh, it's so easy for us to do that. And the reason I'm emphasizing this again this week is because this is a part of our mandate. Our mandate, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. If you forgive sins, they're forgiven. If you don't, they aren't. And the point is, don't be the judge of who's worthy of getting forgiveness. The point is, go forgive people. Forgive. Do not hold on to unforgiveness. It just hurts you. It hurts the world. The, the world is hurting because people aren't forgiving. I mean, what would happen if just all the Christians in the world forgave everybody? I'm preaching now. This is preaching. The second piece. So authority to forgive sins. Authority to heal sickness. That Jesus then turns right around and He says, and so rise up and walk. And it just it has been so fresh to me. It's, it's been coming to me in so many different ways that part of our calling is to express the healing of God on planet Earth. I mean, just hearing the stories out of the college and out of ADS, all the healings and people finding God and salvation. Um, I got to be involved in a, a, a prayer time this past week. A few of us gathered together and prayed for somebody that had COVID and still 45 days later couldn't smell or taste. We prayed, we anointed oil, prayed for healing in the name of Jesus. And the next morning she could smell for the first time and she started tasting for the first time. Jesus is waiting on us to pray for healing. And, and, and we live in the now and the not yet. We live in the now, we see it, and sometimes we don't. But don't let our lack of faith or lack of thinking about this be reason why we wouldn't pray for healing. I mean, when somebody tells you they're sick, man, pray for them. Just boom, pray for them. The more you pray for healing, the more you're going to see people healed. I, I just think that sounds right. Okay, awesome. The third thing then is authority to call people. 
from this passage today. Jesus comes up to Levi, and this is just, you got to, if you can just drink in how amazing it is for somebody to walk up and go, follow me. And you get up and you, <laughs> you just, he just gets up and follows him. And he's not even like, he's kind of a not desirable guy, probably raising taxes for King Herod Antipas, who's connected with the Romans and all of that. Wouldn't be a popular guy in Jewish circles at the time. But I just, I think about the authority of Jesus in calling people, follow me, follow me. There's authority there and he follows. And yes, we're calling people to believe and to trust and to put our faith and to repent, all these different things. But in the end, Antioch, Fort Worth, I want us to get this. Whether you're worshiping with us online or here in the parking lot, we are called to follow Jesus. We've been called. We're called people, and now we're a calling people. Come on, let's follow Jesus. It's not just I, I did an intellectual exercise and, in, in my mind, and I put my faith there, but I'm actually following Him. That's at the center for us. The center is Jesus Christ is the Lord, and we are His disciples. We are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's authority there for us. To, to call others as we have been called. And I just want to say, He sees you. He sees you right now where you're at. He sees what you're going through. And He's calling you. He's saying, come on, follow me. He sees you. I, I, I don't remember, what's the, the movie with the blue people? Um, Avatar. Avatar, yeah. That's, we tried to get her to watch it one time, but they're blue. She was like, she moved quickly from the couch to the, she was doing clothes and something in the kitchen, but they're blue, you know? And so it wasn't working. And, uh, and there's much to not be commended in the movie. It's certainly pantheistic and all of that. But the one thing I do remember <laughs> that I liked was this something about, I see you. There's like, there was a line about, I see you. And it was real meaningful. And like, Jesus sees us. That was not in my notes. Please, <laughs> umbrella of grace. <laughs> okay, avatar, note, don't use that illustration. Right, okay. Number four, authority to connect with people. Authority to connect with people. This is important, y'all. So Jesus then, having dinner at Levi's house, there's many tax collectors and sinners there eating with him. And the disciples, the teachers of the Pharisees, the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him. They're asking, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And so part of the authority of Jesus is that he crosses boundaries and barriers and lines and walls and distances in order to connect with people, with the outcasts, with the broken, with the sinners, with the people on the outside, the others, whoever that is in our world. That's who Jesus wants to connect with. Right? And it's a good, man, that's a good reminder for us. Who are the others in our lives or in our world or in our city right now? Who are the others? And knowing that God is for us, for us, everyone. He's for us all. Every tribe, every language, every nation, every tongue, God is for us. And that's good news. And that He wants us. I mean, you know, part of the thing about us being so so uh, different 
just all different kinds of backgrounds. And I mean, even new people connecting with the church, right? And it's like there's differences and we're not all here because we're cowboy fans. Praise and we're, God. yeah, praise God, Houston, Texas fan. And we're not all here because Abilene Christian won, won last night. Come on. And we're not all here because we're a certain race of people. We're not all here because we're just whatever. And, and in Christ, we have a new blood that we share. A new life that we share together. All the different families, all the different tribes sharing life together in Christ. I was walking with Kenny Dalton. We were playing golf on Friday and, and uh, I was walking and, you know, it, it, it's this question that changes everything. You know, we're walking and we've got some stuff in common, but we also don't have some stuff in common. But when we're walking down the fairway and he says, hey, what's the Lord been speaking fresh to you lately? It's like, oh yeah, this is what brings us together. It is our common life together in the Lord. And, and that question changes everything, doesn't it? It allows us to, it, to sit down with others. And really, even what Jesus is doing, the reason I'm emphasizing this is because it's at the table. The one table of fellowship in the body of Christ. And we talk about this all the time. Go back and listen to the Galatians series a year and a half ago or whenever that was. Like the one table is a big deal. And it is at the heart of the gospel is that we are one table people. And it's another gospel if you say that we're two table people. Amen. Preach it. So, so that's just, that's huge. I mean, right now in the midst of just stuff that keeps happening in our culture that further divides us, even this last week with the shootings in Atlanta, there's such a, a tendency toward division and people feeling like, man, are, are people after my race? And we want to be people that are saying, man, we're the body of Christ. And, and we see the pain that different people experience because of our our own experiences, man. I Do you know when you get triggered sometimes because you've gone through a hard time in life, something hard happened and then it gets triggered? I was talking with somebody on the phone the other day and, uh, and something had happened. I mean, I was in tears multiple times during that day is because uh, a friend's grandson had been run over by a car um, and... Uh, it was just a, and it really impacted me because I ran over my son in a car when he was two years old. And it was a miracle of God. Like tire tracks up his pant leg, up his jacket, and we carried him in and prayed like there was no tomorrow for his healing. And it was either an angel or God miraculously healed him in the moment, but he went from laying there to sitting on the chair and wiggling starting to wiggle his foot that had been crushed and just messed up and 30 minutes later he's running around the living room but it was a traumatic thing to me and it was triggered on the other day when I heard about that and I just kept being in tears and I was talking with this guy Donnie Martin down in uh, Baton Rouge had called and he said Jamie that's trauma brother you're 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 you've had trauma in your past and that triggered it I didn't have language for that but I thought you know, when we go through hard times in our country right now and things are triggered and all of a sudden we have reactions, we don't even know what that's all about. 
It's, it's stuff that God wants to heal. He wants us to be an authority to heal kind of people. Authority to touch others. To be at the table together. And, you know, I'll just say too, look around right now because the Pharisees were concerned that Jesus was eating with sinners. <laughs> All we got here is a bunch of saints and sinners. Every, that's all we are. It's saints and sinners. It's not, just, it's not just one or the other. I remember when I was a kid, or not kid, when I was first in, new in the Lord, I started reading some Pentecostal holiness stuff. And it was like really emphasizing holiness. And you can get there and all the way, just entire sanctification. And I was like, man, yeah, I want that. And it's a good thing to want that. But then when you get into that kind of mode and you don't remember that you're a sinner too, you come crashing down one day. You got to own the fact, like Luther said, simul justus et peccator. Means simultaneously righteous and sinners. Kind of Romans 7. And nobody gets to get out of that. So we are together this people that need the grace of God. Can I get a witness? Coming to the table together, the one table, all the different backgrounds. Amen. And then finally, authority to restore, renew all things. That's that, that last piece there. He's asked about fasting. Why don't you fast? And then Jesus says, they're not fasting right now. The bridegroom is with them. It's like a wedding feast picture. No one sews. And then he gives a few more illustrations of that. You don't put old new, new cloth on an old garment. You don't put new wine into old wineskins. And the point isn't so much about fasting as it is a point that Jesus is trying to make about us being in his presence. Like being in the presence of Jesus is feast time, right? It's like a, a wedding feast. And so that's what he's talking about there. And ultimately, that's how this whole the, the renewal of all things is going to be pictured in a wedding feast. It's, that's what we're looking forward to. And so it's the presence of God with His people. And one of the things he's touching on there too is that God's making things right in relationships, but He's also making things right in religion. And I'm using that in, the ter in like a, the negative sense of religion, like where there's rules and you know, it's, it's all stiff and uptight and it's something that used to work a long time ago but doesn't work anymore. And that's why he's saying you can't put the, the new thing on the old. You can't pour the new wine into the old wineskin. And ultimately what Jesus is saying there is this temple, this system is not going to contain what I'm going to do. It, and it's even fitting that we're in a parking lot. It can't be contained. That building can't contain what God's going to do. It's bigger than that. The temple can't contain it. I'm going to tear that thing down and rebuild it in three days. And through you, through the people that are in Christ, we are going to be the temple of the Lord in His body together. Such radical good news. Amen. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us? What does it mean for me? What does it mean for, for my family? And it means that we are called to walk in the way of Jesus. We are called to walk in the way of Jesus. Sent in the way of Jesus. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. 
And I'm going to just touch on those points. We are, that means then we are a forgiven people. We are, for, we are forgiving people. That means we are forgiven and forgiving. We are a, we are a healing people. It means we are healed in process, right? I'm kind of a wounded healer, actually, if you want to know the truth. Henry Nouwen famously said that. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not in process. I'm not fully there. And I've got a limp, but I can reach out to somebody else and help them along a little bit, even though I've got a limp, right? I'm not there, but I can still help others. That's us. That's us together. We're a healing people. We're a calling people. That means we're called ourselves by the Lord, but we're also calling others. Come on, follow Jesus. Let's follow Him together. He's the Lord. And we're a connecting people. We touch others. We cross boundaries. We cross barriers. We are an apostolic people because of that. We were planted here in order to cross barriers coming into the city and to touch it with the healing grace and love of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I just on that too, I just as we touch others, remember as, as so many things are hitting our culture right now, just to just remember how to love others. Just think about what other people that'll really help you try to understand people is to try to think how are they feeling right now? It's called empathetic love. How are they feeling? What is this like for them in this situation? Not just what do I think all the time, my per- but Lord, help me to see things through my brother's and sister's eyes, through people of different backgrounds, different ethnicities that are part of our people, our family, the church, and even beyond. And then finally, we're a renewing people. We joyfully relate to Jesus as the bridegroom. That means passion. That means joy. That means I want to worship. And even without the drums and the electric guitar, which are so from heaven, we're modifying things right now. It's okay. But, but uh, you know, just even with, just if it's not even the way we prefer it to be, we're still going to press into God. We're still going to get worship from the inside, spirit, all the way out into reality, truth. That's who we're called to be. To be passionate lovers, renewed people that are worshiping, and ultimately even, you know, our wineskins staying new and fresh and supple so that we can handle the new wine of the gospel and of Jesus. One of the things that we stumbled on, man, we didn't even know this, but when we set out as a cell church, planted house to house all those years ago, 28 years ago, you know, every new expression of a life group is a new wineskin. That's just the form, but every new one is a new way to hold what God's doing in and through those people in the life group. And so it just keeps building new wineskins in the church life here. We are a forgiving, healing, calling, connecting, renewed people in the Lord. And that is a people that can express then the authority of Jesus on planet earth. That's what we're called to do. And so the way we do that then is in our spheres of influence. How many people know you have a sphere of influence? Okay, that's a big chunk of the crowd. That's a joke, sorry. 
Pretty much everybody raised their hand. But we all have a sphere of influence, right? We all have a, a place where we have a say-so. With Kim, I don't always have to say-so. It's a, it's a mix, <laughs> just, just for clarity. Um, it's a mix. And, but, but, but there's a say-so there in, in your home, with your kids, with your wife, with your husband, with your roommates, you know, uh, in our work, right? We've got to say-so. Um, you know, I've got to say-so of influence here. I try to use that in a Jesus way with the church, with my brothers and sisters. I was having lunch this past Wednesday with Houston McBemina. I was trying to use some of my influence, my brother, whom I love. Houston, love you, brother. And we were sitting outside of Jersey Mike's. Amen, glory to God. Amen, glory to God. Got, a, got some of that down here. And uh, up walked Dr. Brian Bird, who's sitting back there with his... Uh, Bird for mayor vest on. And uh, so I don't know if you guys know, but Brian has, has been an executive pastor in our church. He's been an elder in the church. He's currently a city councilman in our city and is running for mayor. And you know what? Brian's probably not going to do whatever he does perfectly but he's trying to be an expression of Jesus' authority and his will in his sphere of influence. Just happens to be city government, you know. And Stephanie, I don't know, I don't, can't see Stephanie. There she is. So Stephanie has done so much to help us with Unbound. Just, she's a, if you know Stephanie, she is a workhorse in the most honoring way, Stephanie. I, <laughs> but using, the influence of Jesus in her sphere of influence. And all of us can do that kind of thing, you know, whether it's your workplace or whether it's your school or all these different areas where we go out and we say, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to have influence in, us, in, in our city, in the nations? I was praying for somebody this morning that it's his last Sunday with us for a while. He's going back up to Michigan uh, uh, Matt Darnell, and um, and uh, he, he's going to finish fundraising, but then he's coming back down to be sent out from here. He's got a sphere of influence into the, the into the nations. Thank you. I'm online, so uh, I did that. Pass the test. Um, but just we all have a place where we get to have an influence and a say so, and it could be education or health or all these different areas. And so, Lord, would you help us to see your authority, to express your authority in places where we have a say-so, where we can have an influence with others for the glory of God. You guys stand up. Asher, if you would, come on up. And I want to I finish here with a quote. I just read this yesterday from a, a brother that I met. He pastors a church up in Queens, New York. His name is Rich Velotis. And I'll finish this way and then we'll pray. But he said, following Jesus means we love deeply. We do justice. We repent often. Come on. We forgive frequently. We pray without ceasing. Lord, help us. We live contemplatively. 
We live a thoughtful life about the way we're living and the way we're interacting with our world and our culture. We admit our duplicity. Lord, help us to be filled with Your integrity and Your life. We do the inner work. That's the hard stuff. It's some of what I was even mentioning the other day. Just like getting caught off guard by unhealed memories. Lord, help us. Be connected to a community. We are connected to a community. We laugh at ourselves. Anybody need to hear that this morning? And we boldly proclaim His Lordship and His Kingdom. So Father, today, just as we are responding, Lord, I'm asking that You would help us to be people that express the authority of God as ambassadors, as vice regents, as uh, Your representatives, that in our places and spaces and in these days, this time that we're on the stage, as it were, Lord, where we're participating with You in this unfinished act of Your kingdom coming, of expressing the way, the will of the Holy Spirit in and through us, the way and the will of King Jesus and You, Father. Lord, would You allow us to be Your people on the earth that express Your way, Your will, Your forgiveness, Your healing, Your care for people, Your calling to people. You're connecting people together. Lord, And would You put that longing for renewal and things being made right on planet Earth out of fellowship with You, Jesus. That we worship You. That we, we bless You. We honor You. We glorify You. And Lord, I'm just, again, just laying it out here with my brothers and sisters. Lord, where there needs to be change, help us. Lord, where there needs to be freedom, help us. Lord, I'm just sensitive to Your Spirit right now, even in this moment, just seeing more folks than I've seen in a while. And Lord, I know it's a process. I know it's a process. Lord, help us. Help us to make our way to the surface. Help us to make our way back into the freedom that You have destined for us as Your people. Lord, let Your kingdom come. Let Your will be done. On earth, right here. Start right here in me. Start right here in us. just want to specifically touch on forgiveness. If anybody... Just if you're holding on to forgiveness, forgive them. Just speak, I forgive them. And you may have to say it 20 times. But I forgive them in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness for me. As you've been forgiven, forgive others. Lord, wake us up to those who need healing around us. Wake us up, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Quick to pray quick to express the authority of Jesus in healing. Lord, where there's those around us, or Lord, even before around us, Lord, start with us. If there's some way that we need to respond in a fresh way to your calling. God, just, just
just see Jesus smiling at you right now. He's smiling at you and he's beckoning you. Come on, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. You know, today could be a great day of change right now in this moment as you say yes to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, in the midst of a world that's divided for all different kinds of reasons, Lord, let us be the one table people. Sinners, tax collectors, doctors, lawyers, educators, all the above. Saints, we love you, Lord. And Lord, would you put a fiery vision in our hearts right now in Jesus' mighty name for being people that are in love with the bridegroom. We're passionate people in love with Jesus. We love you so much, Lord. And would you give us that those eyes to see the renewal, the, the, the making right of wrong things, of justice where there's injustice, of beauty where there's ugliness, of peace, Lord, where there's hostility and where there's war. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the Lord bless you. May his face shine upon you. And may his kingdom come in and through your lives for his glory. In Jesus' name, amen.